This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet8.net toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, so enjoy those there on us. That again, freetalklive.com. We've got, uh, I guess, some breaking news here. Jim Babka is on the line with us from DownsizeDC.org. Hello, Jim. You're uh, back on Free Talk Live, I think, first time since the Liberty Forum. Welcome back. Yeah, you know, and I've, I've got to tell you, of all the shows I've done with you guys, I have gotten more feedback from that program than by far than any other. Really? It seemed like you guys had a lot of people listening that night. Hmm. Well, I, we were probably the only way that people could really uh, key in on what was going on with the Liberty Forum, so that might, that might just be the case. You know, I think it probably was. So, Jim, um, you called out of the blue today. I mean, we normally have you on on a once-a-month basis anyway, but something urgent is going on. Uh, what's the latest? What's happening? What do our listeners need to know? Well, your audience is already familiar with Dig.com, and we'll explain as much of it as we need to here. But over at Dig.com, a story was posted last evening called Using Dig to Pass the Read the Bills Act, RTBA, in Three Easy Steps. Uh, as of about a little more than an hour ago, we were up over 1,800 digs. And uh, at our, our highest, we were on the, uh, the second page of the website, at least that I was aware of, and uh, we were the number one ranked political opinion article, and we were the fourth busiest uh, trafficked article on the page earlier this afternoon. We've faded a little bit because there's a tyranny of the urgent on that page. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got to be fresh. It's got to be news. But we're still ranked pretty high. And uh, as a result of this exposure that we're getting at dig.com, uh, people digging this story and saying we want to see the story. That exposure has uh, brought in almost 200 new DC downsizers today. Wow, 200 in one day. Now, what do you normally get in a month's time for uh, for new DC downsizers? Well, I think uh, you know this month we were probably on track for about 600, maybe maybe a little more. Uh, we were still hoping. We believe we had an outside chance to maybe get 800. Uh, right now, we're we're well over 600. We're very and we're, we should uh, easily exceed 700 and 800 wow. uh, as a result of this. So, so easily a fourth of your entire monthly uh, gain you did in one day this month. So far. Yes, yes, and it's as a result of dig. And so it really is important. I mean, that we keep this going as long as we can get some juice out of it. Uh, it's getting harder and harder to stay higher ranked. But uh, a lot of your audience already knows what dig.com is, and if they go. To this article, using DIG to pass the Read the Bills Act, RTBA in three easy steps, mm-hmm. and they hit DIG. I mean, usually we're asking them to go to the website, and if anybody's never heard of DownsizeDC.org before on this program, you know, please do and speak up on the Read the Bills Act, and we can talk about that. But today, a lot of the people that are listening already have done that, and I want to encourage them to go dig this article uh, so that even more people, are, are brand new people, are exposed to the Read the Bills Act and DownsizeDC.org. Okay, so wait a minute. What's the easiest way for people to get to this article so they can dig it, Jim? If they go to, if they go to, uh, uh, well, we, we first of all go to our blog, downsizedc.org. Uh, if you go there, there's a blog button on the left-hand side of the page. We have an article right at the top of the blog at the moment uh, uh, that they can go to that explains exactly where they can find this article. The links mm-hmm. in there, how to register, how to get set up with Dig is all explained there. But if they want to go straight to the site or they're familiar with the site, uh, they can type in the keyword RTBA or Read the Bills Act. They should be able to find it that way. It is the second ranked article currently under the political opinion uh, section. So if they go to the political opinion section, they'll find it right there as well. It is. In fact, uh, what I might do, I might be able to do is put together a quick link uh, for our listeners here in a little bit that might make it a little bit easier, like a one-step URL that they could just punch in to to get to this. Uh, So this has just uh, resulted in a a windfall for DC. Let's talk about what DownsizedDC.org is, Jim, for the, the new listeners that happen to be tuning in tonight. 
Well, DownsizeDC.org gives people a voice. It allows them to come together. Uh, if they believe that the federal government is too big, uh, too, too intrusive, too expensive, uh, they can come to our site. They can see the issues that are there at our homepage. They can pick one of them. Uh, they all have to do with trimming the size or expensive or, or power of government. Uh, they click on an issue. They go in. They can register very simply. The system tells them after they've registered who their representative and two senators are and allows them to send a personalized message. And because these messages are targeted at Congress's website, the congressional websites, and they're not merely emails, they include the contact information of the person sending the message, and the congressional office knows they're hearing from a constituent. Messages that they know are coming from a constituent are counted and read and reported to the boss in the morning in most, in most congressional offices, and this can have a very profound effect. We have already begun experiencing over the last several months uh, some, some important legislative victories using this approach, and we're still just barely getting started. Now, um, have we have we seen any movement uh, amongst legislators for the Read the Bills Act? Uh, are they? I mean, I imagine they stay away from this thing like the plague. It it, it essentially is um, you know holds them responsible for what they do. And why would they want that? Exactly. And, you know, DownsizeDC.org kind of has a slow and steady wins the race approach to, to this. So we're, we're going to keep working like, a st- you know, stalking them a little bit, if you will. We're going to keep just building the pressure and building the pressure and building the pressure. Uh, but we're going to need, Mark, to get to the point where we're so big that they can't afford to ignore us, so big that uh, they're hearing about the Read the Bills Act everywhere, every day. And when we reach that point, uh, then they're going to they're start to, to come along. They're going to begin to see, when they feel the heat, they'll see the light. And right. that's how we're going to need to do it. So essentially, if you were an organization as large as AARP and, that, um, and demanding the, Re- the Bills Act, there's no way they'd be able to hide because every American would hear about it. Um, they'd know that it was a really great bill for Americans, if not for Congress critters, and they would demand that their Congress people passed it. And somebody yeah, would get what we've done it. here is we've picked an issue that we believe lots of people can support. I mean, I, I basically, the people in the, in, in the general American public, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this idea pulled out at somewhere in the range of 90%. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody is going to like this idea. Some are really going to love it, and it transcends all partisan boundaries. Uh, but the way we've constructed our site at DownsizedDC.org has been to build an army. We're, we're putting recruitment and education and activism all in one seamless step. And, and so what we're really trying to do. We're using this issue as a way to begin gathering people. And as we gather the people, we will then invest the, the, our growth into going out and gathering more people. And we'll keep that cycle up so that eventually we become so big that we can uh, compel them. Uh, we're looking really, Mark, for an opportunist, somebody that wants to lead the parade here. And we're busy building the parade. I gotcha. think eventually you're going to find that uh, that person, hopefully. Um, but what I'd like to know is the using the uh, using Dig to pass the Read the Bills Act in three easy steps. This article that you're asking people to to help dig up. What are the three easy steps? Uh, all the three easy steps are great. I mean, he, he, this article, by the way, is very, very well done. I was very impressed with uh, how this person uh, uh, presented our case. And, and just for that alone, it's worth going and looking at. But he said, if you're not familiar with the Read the Bills Act, do the obvious thing. Go read the bill. And he gave the link to check it out. Mm-hmm. Second, fill out the simple form. Now, he said email, but as, as we've talked about on this show, we actually go and fill out the forms at the website so that, they, the, so that the office knows that they're hearing from a constituent. And third, dig this article. And, uh, and then he begins to explain from there why they should dig this article. And, of course, you know, we've had uh, over now over 1,900 people respond. And I'm going to make it easier on our listeners here. Um, if you want to go and help Jim out, what you want to do is go to ACT, like A-C-T, as in take action, act.freetalklive.com. It'll take you right to the page at DIG where this article is. If you're logged in, if you aren't logged in, you'll have to log in. Then you might have to go to act.freetalklive.com again. And then you click dig it. 
underneath the little yellow dig button, and that will register your dig, and it will help uh, Jim Babka and Downsize DC. Yeah, because we, Ian, we want to get as much exposure and as much mileage out of this as we possibly can, even as the hours are dwindling on it, uh, because, again, this is, this is being introduced. This is a top 100-ranked Alexa site. It's one of the 100 most traffic sites in the world. Yeah, it's huge. And it's a chance for us to get exposed, exposure to, in front of people who have never seen or heard of DC.org or the Read the Bills Act. Yeah, you're right about that, because the DIG audience, uh, not that I'm that familiar with the demographics, but just from what I've seen, tends to be younger, skewing mail, a lot of sort of tech geeky type uh, of people sort of hang out at, at dig.com and they're, they're, some of them I'm sure care about politics and if you put something like this in their uh, in their face, they're going to take a look at it and that's what uh, Dig's all about is, is uh, the popular articles are dug up and they stay on the top of the charts as long as you can possibly get them there, as many depending on how many digs over a certain period of time they get and your article is getting dug quite a bit. Uh, you're, yeah. I mean, you know, and Ian, good. as you say all this, I'm, I, I, I get even more excited because I think about, first of all, the Read the Bills Act. I mean, you're talking about a group of people who probably a little bit more cynical about politics as usual, probably not too married to either of the political parties. This is the kind of thing that, you know, might appeal to that kind of demographic. Mm-hmm. And second, because these people are tech-oriented and they're on the web, they're connectors. Maybe they'll start spreading, helping us spread the word even further. So we want to continue to keep this in front of them. Absolutely. Jim, if you'll hang on, I'll bring you back for a little bit. 800-259-9231. We're on the line with Jim Babka. He is the president uh, and one of the founders of DownsizeDC.org. If you have a question for him, now would be a wonderful time to call in. 800-259-9231 is the packet 8.net toll free line. That's 1-800-259-9231. More with Jim in a moment. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up what you want, toll-free, 800-259-9231, the packet, 8.net, toll-free line for you. Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features completely free, including archives, an entire year's worth of the show right there on the front page of the website. For your downloading convenience, you just go and get them for free. freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project, your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the uh, the second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That is freestateproject.org. As we go back to Jim Babka, the president of DownsizedDC.org. Jim, you're back on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. I'm glad to be here. Hey, Jim, good to have you back. Uh, you called in. Actually, you called me before the show uh, because there's some breaking, exciting stuff going on. And just to sort of recap what happened... You didn't even know this was going to occur, right? It was just one of your downsizers, one of your DC downsizers, posted an article at dig.com, and it started getting dug up. Was that? I mean, was that before you even got involved? That this this uh, this started. Yeah, I woke up this morning. In fact, woke up late because I had a, a late night last night, and uh, came to my computer. And one of the people who meets with me in our local Read the Bills chapter uh, came, uh, had emailed me and said, "You realize you were." You were on dig last night. And you're pretty highly ranked. He says, "Get ready for a real surge." And and uh, so I got on there and saw it and got very excited. And we worked on getting a message out uh, to our folks to let them know that this was there and that they too should participate. And and uh, so you know we did. We have helped push this and done all we can. I've done. Uh, this is my third radio interview today. We've uh, been in touch with a couple bloggers that we know have posted this. Uh, word has gotten out, but uh, uh, we were uh, we had probably half of our. We had about half of the total we got right now. Uh, when we started this project this morning, so that's uh, great. Yes, 
So no. our listeners, if they want to help out with this effort, they can go to act.freetalklive.com. It will take them right to the page at dig.com where they need to be to help you dig up this one particular article. So once again, that's act.freetalklive.com. And if you're listening to this show on podcast, it's probably it's still probably not too late. So, I mean, if you're listening to this Thursday evening, go and do it anyway. It'll still be active. The link will still be there. Uh, once again, act.freetalklive.com. Of course, downsizedec.org, one of my favorite pro-liberty organizations, an organization dedicated to keeping an, a watchful eye on what goes on in Washington, D.C., and then in uh, alerting the rest of us to it, all of the terrible things that they're trying to do up there, or at least uh, keeping an eye on as much as possible, as much as, I guess, Jim and your crew, you can humanly uh, handle, because there's a lot of legislation <laughs> Uh, but you you bring a, you bring to point you bring uh, to to people's uh, mind that you you outline various different things that are going on, things that need to be uh, have action taken, and you make it so easy for people to take action and actually get in touch with their representatives and senators through the downsizedc.org website. Uh, as you pointed out, it fills out the actual web forms on your representative and senators' web pages with information that identifies you as a constituent, so your emails, it's not an email, it's a web form, they're actually taken seriously. Uh, this is a growing movement. There are more D.C. downsizers signing up every single day today as a result of the uh, the DIG project. You've got 200 new um, people on your email list, which is great. And, of course, once you do sign up for DownsizedDC.org, you'll get on the Downsize Dispatch list. That way you'll be kind of kept in the loop as to what's going on, as to what different things you can take action on. And I know you you focus a lot on read the bills. You've also got the write the bills act. There's a there's also a newer piece of legislation that you guys are getting behind. I just it's I'm spacing out on it, Jim. What's the newest one? Well, our next our next uh, piece in the downsize DC agenda will be the one subject at a time act. Ah yes. And, and that is where that is going to basically put a, a, a regulation on Congress that they can only consider one type of legislation at a time if they want to regulate. Uh, you know, highways. Okay, a highway bill has been famous for all the pork that gets attached to it, all the things that are unrelated to highways that get stuck in the bill, like swimming pools for appropriations committee chairman out in California. Uh, those kind of proposals wouldn't be able to be attached anymore. They would have to go up for their own vote as their own piece of legislation under the One Subject at a Time Act. Can you imagine, um, you know, the, the legislators voting on one subject at a time? The American people wouldn't know what to do. I mean, we're so <laughs> used to getting things just rammed down our throats and these, uh, you know, bills that have all kinds of extra stuff that have nothing to do with it. I don't. I don't know. I, I, for one, am all for that. Isn't there also something that I that I've seen recently that essentially punishes the representatives and senators for going over budget or something like that, where they mm-hmm. they had a pay, a pay dock or something? Yes, we have a campaign that we put up a couple of weeks ago called "Federal Deficit Causes Congressional Pay Cut." It's HR 500. Uh, has uh, some conservative Republican backing to get this started, including uh, Ron Paul. Um, and and, and the, the proposal in this bill says that if they run a deficit in a year, the the members of the House get a pay cut the following year. And so uh, and if they do it two years in a row, the pay cut goes goes up a, a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Now, it only defines what happens for two years in a row. I don't know what if it continues, how this process continues to work. But the point is that they would actually have some penalty uh, to managing the affairs of the country in, in the wrong fashion. This makes complete sense if you're on the board of directors of a corporation and the stock goes down in value while you're there. 
Uh, usually you're a stockholder. You, you, you've lost something. Uh, these guys are elected, and they don't pay any price. All the incentives, as a matter of fact, are designed in such a way to encourage them to spend more of your money. Mm-hmm, and sure. so uh, the, all the things that we're doing in the downsized D.C. agenda are designed to kind of change the incentives and pull them down. But this is a real incentive position uh, that we're taking here. This is we're hitting them right in their wallet. I don't think it's going to save the world or that's a solution to everything, but I sure would like to see this happen. Um, now, Jim, are there any uh, plans to expand Downsize DC for uh, like some state governments um, to see if they can, you know, wallop the state governments too? I mean, it, it seems to be a program that's working very well, and I'm wondering, hmm, is there anything like that for uh, some of the state governments? You know, I, I, w- I would like to do something like that down the road, Mark. Uh, we, we've got uh, the technology to do it. In fact, we're going to be enhancing the technology for doing that. There's going to be new features that are going to be put out and so forth. Uh, the problem is a problem of resources. There's a lot of things we would like to do, and what we really need to do is to continue to grow. We've taken a page out of your folks' book. Uh, we have a micro-pledge system. People can make a micro-pledge. They can make a, just a regular monthly pledge of a larger quantity. Uh, and we've been trying to uh, build that pledge base up so we can get to the point where we're covering all of our bills and then really start investing a large portion of what we do in growth and outreach and getting the message out everywhere every day. As our Army gets bigger, more opportunities will present themselves. And one of the things that we work definitely uh, uh, wanting to do is get into the arena of, of empowering people at the state level to begin dealing with their state capitals. What I think, speaking of states, uh, I'm obviously thinking of New Hampshire and the Free State Project, and of course you recently attending the New Hampshire Liberty Forum. There have been some ideas sort of flying around here behind the scenes, and I kind of like it. Uh, the the su- suggestion has been that you know Downsize DC could work closely with some of the activists here in New Hampshire in order to either influence our existing representatives or down the line as the Free Staters become more influential here within the state. Hopefully we could, for instance, elect our own representatives, that sort of thing, pro-liberty friendly. I mean, for instance, it's most likely that the first time a downsized D.C. bill is going to be introduced um, may actually come from a liberty or or down the line, may come from a liberty-oriented representative from here in the state of New Hampshire. So the idea has been to essentially, you know, focus, maybe focus a little bit of effort here on New Hampshire in order to generate as many D.C. downsizers within this one state as possible, so as to essentially eventually have some representatives and senators that are out there kind of like D.C. downsizer allies introducing positive downsizing legislation and that sort of thing, getting behind uh, Downsize D.C. even further. Well, Ian, I would like to hear from those people. If those people are out there, I would like them to get back in touch with me, and, and I would definitely be willing to talk about that. That's what I told them they should do. I said, I don't know. He doesn't want to hear it from me. He needs to hear it from a total stranger. Jim, thanks for, uh, for your time tonight. We appreciate it, as always. Everyone needs to go to Jim's website, DownsizeDC.org. Get on the Downsizer Dispatch, and Jim will talk to you again soon. Thank you, sir. Thank you. 800-259-9231. This is your show. You take control. Sam's next. It's Free Talk, uh, Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up what you want, toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the packet, 8.net, toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online, freetalklive.com is the place to go. All of the features completely free, including the wiki, wyki.freetalklive.com. It's like the listener-editable version of our website, Over 1,200 unique pages created by listeners like you. See what I mean? By heading over to wiki.freetalklive.com. That's wiki.freetalklive.com. 
April will be Financial Literacy Month. Give the child in your life financial literacy. Be they son, daughter, or sibling, a kid's journey to getting rich by Jewel Thornton teaches a child the basics of finance, money management, and real estate investment. School doesn't teach kids about money. Only their loved ones can do that. Give your special child a kid's journey to getting rich. Order at akidsjourney.com or call 1-800-657-5066. That's akidsjourney.com, 800-657-5066. Now, when you say child, we're, we mean young person, very young, right? We're talking about Well, it's probably not a book for a 12-year-old. Yeah. Right. Oh, I wouldn't go that far. Seven or under? I would think that you're, you know. I was reading Hardy Boys novels in second grade, and I was seven. Then. I'm no, I'm no expert in this particular um, right. arena, but um, I can tell you that Hardy's Boy novel isn't isn't going to tell you about real estate investment. I know. It isn't I'm going to tell you about savings. I understand that. All I'm concerned with is we had a, we had somebody who was a little bit concerned. They emailed in. They had mm-hmm. ordered this book for their 12 year old. Right. And they were a little bit disappointed because it's it's a bright, colorful, simple book that um, gets across very basic ideas about saving and that sort of thing. And so I just want to make sure that that doesn't happen again. I want to make sure that everybody knows exactly what they're getting. And they should go to a kidsjourney.com. I think once you go there, it's pretty clear, you know, what it is you're getting into. Right. And I think it has principles in it that uh, apply to, you know, everybody if if you can, uh, you know, learn the principles, adult or child. But I'd say the book is probably aimed at you know, a younger person, right. single digits. Absolutely. 1-800-259-9231. And I have read it, and I highly recommend it. I think it's it's excellent. And if you if you buy it for somebody who's in, in the double digits, then send them to the library for one of those read with the kids things, you know, where mm-hmm. they, the older kids come in and read to the younger kids. That'd be perfect for uh, for one of those. 800-259-9231. So to the email box and strawberry fartsink johnson emailing in he says that's his name uh he says here's a quick distinction between libertarianism and objectivism we've had some first of all i never really knew what the difference was we had terry goodkind on the show recently he's an author well-known fantasy sci-fi sort of mm-hmm. author and he de- described himself as an objectivist and there have been a variety of our listeners that have claimed to be objectivists and i know who ayn rand is I've read one of her books, and I know that she's essentially the the grandmother of objectivism. Right. And I just didn't know much else about it. So Johnson, Mr. S.F. Johnson, has uh, some clarification. He says, Ayn Rand detested tradition more than anything else in the world. More specifically, she hated the forces the traditions place on an, intele- uh, on an individual's intellect and creativity. This is the central theme of all of her works. It's really no more complex than that. People make it more complex. This is why her philosophical devotees are called objectivists. She believed that the best way to live life is to apply reason to it without the shackles of tradition and judge everything objectively as if there were no one telling you to do otherwise because, well, that's just the way it's done. Ayn Rand valued reason over all else. Libertarians, on the other hand, value freedom over all else. Ayn Rand believed in intellectual freedom, but libertarians, most anyway, believe in total freedom, so long as you aren't hurting anyone else, etc. Libertarianism, therefore, is the larger philosophy. It includes objectivism with it, or, or within it. To a libertarian, questioning the government, questioning society, and questioning tradition are just obvious things to do. We don't need Ayn Randians telling us to do those things. We naturally do them. Her incredibly long novels are very inspiring, but really, she's not saying anything more than think. So, all true libertarians are objectivists, because libertarianism includes it. But not all objectivists are libertarians, as we discovered with Terry Goodkind. 
Um, he definitely doesn't qualify as as a libertarian. He leans in that in that direction, but uh, there well, was a war issue, and he got all crazy with the Islamo fascist thing. And you know, no, but I disagree. Um, you, because of your rigid definition of what a libertarian is. Well, no, it's not. It, that's just the definition of what a libertarian. Okay, am I a libertarian? Yeah, you're a libertarian. Mostly. Or real a real libertarian. You're a pretty, you're a pretty heavy libertarian. Pretty heavy libertarian. Yeah. So I'm not fully a libertarian. And just as you said, that means partially I'm a tyrannical overlord. There are so there are little bits of tyranny you support. Really a libertarian, right? You do support your little so, n- nuggets of tyranny. From your point of view, a libertarian is only an anarcho-capitalist. Well, I mean, to the to its logical conclusion, that's, uh, that's right. That, what that's is. what you're saying, and Which I makes disagree. You illogical. I disagree. I say that uh, you know, if you uh, you have to, it, it's a fifty fifty situation. You weigh more or less on the liberty scale. So if you um, you, you know, you've got more things in your liberty scale than you've got in your tyranny scale, you're a libertarian, as far as I'm concerned. We'll get back to this. I actually forgot Sam. He's on the line in Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Mark. Hey, Sam. Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, thanks for your patience. What's uh, what's on your mind? Um, well, I had a couple things. Uh, one, uh, I am more of an Ian uh, libertarian, atheist, skeptic, uh, uh, anarcho-capitalist. You're more than, more so than Ian. Well, I think I'm equal uh, on many planes. You, okay, so you live a, I a, had, a sad, critical life. Is that what it? That that might that may be correct. Okay, go ahead. Um, I just had one thing that I differed uh, with him. Yeah. Um, his idea of um, uh, New Hampshire being able to secede once they had enough um, libertarians or liberty-loving uh, people in New Hampshire. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I I don't think that that that's a possibility. Why? I th- I think that you could secede, but I think that you would be crushed immediately by uh, the United States federal government. Really? How are they going to crush uh, how are they going to crush New Hampshire? Well, they have uh, a much bigger army than any militia that New Hampshire could put together. Well, I, I mean, mean that are... would be the the major I see where uh, you're coming from, there. but their army's all busy over in Iraq. So they're going to pull they... out of Iraq and come to New Hampshire and invade one of the 50 states? Well, it wouldn't be one of the 50 states then. But really, but, I mean, you uh, think it's realistic? You think it's realistic in this day and age, in the information age, that uh, the U.S. government would be able to to somehow get away with that? They could. They, they could. I mean, back in the 1800s, they right. could invade, and news traveled by horseback. Right. I, I think mean, what the the point he's trying to make, Sam, is um, I don't think that any officers were brought up on charges for um, you know mistreating the enemy in the Civil War. Whereas we've had several instances of that over in the Iraq War. We had several instances in Vietnam when Americans could see the enemy being attacked. Now, um, if, if that were to happen, and I, I don't know whether it is, and I'm certainly not shooting for it, but if it right. does, I don't think Americans will have the stomach for shooting Americans. Yeah, these are going to be their friends and family members, uh, relatives, people that live in New Hampshire that they happen to know all of a sudden will be under attack uh, by their own government. Doesn't that seem a bit implausible? Well, I'm, I'm not so sure. I mean, there's many military people who are currently stationed in the United States, uh, and stationed in countries that we are not at war with, that they would or could possibly pull out uh, to uh, kind of curb it or prevent it 
stop it or once it does happen, crush it. I see where you're coming um, from, but you also have to understand that, I mean, by the time we were to be able to have a secession movement with enough strength to mean something, then we would also have all sorts of different ways to reach out and, and communicate what we're doing. So presumably um, we'd have websites, we'd have radio shows, television programs that would essentially be spreading the message of what's going on here in the state. So people would be well aware of, of our reasons for doing that sort of thing. And I would think that would result in a huge backlash and a major uh, d- a dissolving of the legitimacy of the federal government at that point. I mean, they would be basically, I mean, they'd be throwing their last uh, hand of dice, basically. And also, if you look over in Iraq, as far as if we were to actually do something like this, look at the uh, look at the amount of opposition that they've got in Iraq, a country with far less wealth than, uh, than America. I mean, you don't think that Americans could stand up to their own military when Iraqis can? Come on, man. Well, I don't know. They, they still have the Taliban supporting them and uh, uh, helping them financially, the insurgents there. And uh, that that helps out dramatically. Maybe so. I mean, it doesn't cost a lot of money to build IEDs. I hope it doesn't come to that. Sam, I know you had something else, so hang on. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up anything toll-free. 800-259-9231 is the packet 8.net toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And 1-800-259-9231. You take control. You bring up anything. And join us online at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features on the site. They're totally free. Uh, We give them away. Those other radio talk show hosts want to charge you for access to their websites. We do it free. freetalklive.com. We do ask you voluntarily support the show by buying some stuff at Amazon.freetalklive.com. You enter through that link, and then anything you purchase, Free Talk Live gets a percentage of. So, once again, that's Amazon.freetalklive.com. Shop from their 40 categories of products. High-dollar items, low-dollar items, they're all there. Virtually anything you might need in life is sold at Amazon.freetalklive.com, including their brand-new grocery store, uh, where there's free Super Saver shipping on virtually, I think, every single item in the grocery store. And that's if you buy over 25 bucks, which... It's easy to do with the uh, the grocery store because a lot of bulk buy stuff there. Uh, Amazon.freetalklive.com, great way to support the show and get the stuff you need. Let's go back to Sam in Illinois. Sam, you're back on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Now, Sam. Thanks for holding me over, guys. Thank you for, uh, for bringing up the interesting topic because I think a lot of people have this in the back of their minds that they're scared about this whole free state idea. They're scared that the federal government's going to roll in tanks. Now, some of them think... Like you, Sam, or you're, you're, I don't know, you know, I don't know how well you really believe this, but some of them believe that the federal government is going to roll in tanks when a secession movement starts up. Some of them believe the federal government's going to roll in tanks just because the Free State Project is in New Hampshire. Um, and I, I right. just really feel like it's all uh, paranoia, personally. I feel like that there's... Well, this same government that during the Vietnam War turned tanks and guns on its own people in uh, the uh, United States Capitol... I, what? There were tanks in the United States Capitol? I, I'm afraid I don't know what you're talking uh, about. Uh, during the Vietnam War, when uh, a bunch of pros wrote, I believe it was the Vietnam War. Now, I learned this in government history class, so uh, this has got to be uh, close to correct. I took the same and, class. Uh, That's probably why I don't know about it. I'm sure uh, I'm sure some one of your callers can call in and correct me uh, if I am wrong. But I believe that uh, guns and tanks were turned on uh, people who were protesting the Vietnam War. Uh, when that was going on, I can I mean, hardly this is, imagine this tanks. Is the same government, but uh, um, now the, it was Kent State. 
Now, Kent I, State, somebody got uh, a couple people got shot. One person, four kids, I think. Okay. Um, I mean, this is the same government that does those kinds of things. So you, I mean, hold, it, the, it's the difference very there possible is, that it could happen. The I difference mean, there I, is, I, is, if New Hampshire seceded, it would do so by a vote. It wouldn't be Molotov cocktails or anything like that. Right. So the governor government would have to move, roll in tanks on a group of people that wasn't there. You understand? They wouldn't be in the streets protesting anything. Yeah, they would have right. to. They would have to crack down martial law style. A secession's an intellectual move. You know, they, they would have to be people dressed up like they were ready to invade Poland, coming into people's homes and dragging them off and throwing them into a you know federal jail somewhere, probably in Vermont. Um, you know, I mean, right. It, and so it doesn't. It's a different seem story. Real. What you're talking about is something very Nazi-esque. It's not very realistic, right. but even but you are right. It's a possibility. It is. It's improbable, but it is a possibility. So my question, of course, for you, Sam is considering that it's a possibility, would it be worth doing anyway? Yeah, definitely. Okay. I, so, I, I would be there. Okay. Well, then there, there you go. So what's your other issue? Uh, my other issue was um, uh, if, if 51% of uh, United States citizens do not pay their taxes, if they just stopped, just mm-hmm. stopped paying property taxes, stop paying any possible tax that they can get their hands on to stop, uh, income taxes, um, then I think that the system would collapse on itself. Sure, it would, they wouldn't but have you don't enough need 51%. To, well, no, definitely not. But to show that strong of a margin of people that uh, oppose such a thing would really make the, uh, the system collapse on itself. I, I think it's something right around uh, 28% was the figure that I had looked at and seen. And uh, that's just—I mean, we could do that. Well, the good news is <laughs> we're darn close to that. Well, at the good this news point. is we are—the uh, the system's collapsing on itself anyway, uh, right. regardless of whether or not 51% participate. And you have to remember the uh, the intellectuals out there, the movements that have been uh, fomented in the past, have only been uh, started by 5% or less of uh, of any given population. So if you were to take any area and have 5% of the people essentially refuse to pay whatever taxes you wanted to re- uh, have them refuse, that on its own would be tremendously powerful and uh, and would would spread hopefully uh, the the idea would spread like wildfire. So I mean just the, I'm not saying you shouldn't aim high. You absolutely should. Just realize that if you can a- achieve 5 Ten percent, even you're doing a fantastic job, Sam. Thanks Definitely. for the call. We appreciate hearing from you. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I uh, got a rebuttal email to the, your objectivism um, email that you read. Well, I haven't finished actually reading the objectivist well, then, email. I have a rebuttal to it anyway. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, we'll get to that because we got calls. Still. I know Let's you do. Go I to Lou in Utah. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Lou. Ian and Mark, how you doing? Hey, hey doing well. Good. Great. Hey, I'd like to say that I am a libertarian. Great. And I would like to thank Ayn Rand for introducing me to libertarianism. And she hated libertarians, though. I know, I know, but but it it led to libertarianism. And I would like to thank the band Rush for introducing me to Ayn Rand. So it was kind of a one-two step there towards libertarianism. While we're at it, who did who introduced you to Rush? <laughs> um, actually, I, I discovered them uh, myself. There you go. So thank yourself. And, and yeah, definitely. thanks to the record label that carried Rush. <laughs> thanks. Anyway, this is this is Gimme from the Gimme Liberty Bar out in Second Life. Yes, way. indeed. The uh, the man who created the Gimme Liberty Bar. Yes, I understand. 
So um, was that all you wanted to do? Is just uh, give give a little uh, sort of speech, like thank you, thank you for introducing me, or did you have yeah, any? basically? I mean, you know, I I, I looked into objectivism uh, for a little while, but uh, it just didn't seem to ring true with me. What's uh, missing about it? What's what's wrong with it? Um, you know, I, I, I'm not sure I can pinpoint it, but uh, libertarianism just seemed to, to fit a lot better for me uh, because it covered a much broader spectrum. It, 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 objectivism just seems to be really focusing on one issue and one issue only. And is that tradition or...? Yeah, yeah, okay. basically. It's, Gotcha. And I would agree with her on that. I am no fan of tradition at all uh, in general, unless you create your own traditions. I think that's a different situation. Uh, right. But, but yeah, there, there definitely needs to be more to a, to a world philosophy than just that. Uh, thank you for the call, Gimme. We appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231 to CJ in Oklahoma on the Amplifier Line. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, CJ. Hey, guys. Uh, I called to talk about the objectivism thing, too. Okay. Uh, uh, actually, I'm going to disagree with both of you on this. I think that uh, you, you made the statement in the email that um, if you're a libertarian or an objectivist, that's um, patently wrong. Um, that I mean, Ayn Rand, most objectivists uh, completely reject the whole libertarian thing. They don't agree with it at all. Really? Because of the whole anarcho-capitalism thing. They're, they believe that anarchists are essentially statists, or that are what they call anarchists are like, they think it's democracy and that it's it's essentially uh, wrong, that it's immoral. So well, yeah. democracy uh, is uh, is immoral for sure. Right. Well, but um, they consider anarchy and democracy the same thing. Well, now, well that that I that I lay at the feet of the anarcho-socialists for getting out there and uh, yelling and screaming anarchy when in fact what they're talking about is just replacing one system with uh, with another. And they are the right. ones that are out there promoting democracy. Yeah, well, they're just have, communists, and, right? And I agree with you, but Ayn Rand, who you know, basically is the a source, sole source for objectivism, disagrees with you. I mean, that was her whole deal. She she hated anarchy. Well, but she uh, it was bad. understood as far as that goes. But uh, it seems to me that most objectivists are basically small government libertarians from their a political angle. Well, yes, yes, and no. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I mean, you're right on that. They're capitalists, so that's what they say. I mean, they, their their whole crux is their whole deal in politics is we are capitalists, and we think capitalism can only exist where there's a state, which oh. uh, doesn't make sense to me, but that's what they say. Yeah. Um, but I also disagree with that she's fundamentally just focused on tradition. Um, I mean, she had an entire philosophy system. I went through my whole objectivist phase after reading her not her fiction and then her nonfiction, and um, what else does she, she focus on? Well, but she do, she if you go and read the Ayn Rand lexicon, which is like a freaking dictionary, she's written on every subject, everything from art to, I mean, she 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 had what she considered um, her system of philosophy, and and it was it was um, it was pretty. I mean, it had, it encompassed a lot of things. Do most but objectivists I'm, sort of absorb all of that and just sort of absorb everything that she believed in and, and absorb it as their own, or do they um, pick and choose uh, between what she what she believed? I mean, some do and some don't, but most of the ones that call themselves objectivists pretty much go along with what she says. I mean, because that's what she. I mean, she basically wrote during her lifetime that to be an objectivist, you had to go along with everything she said. She kind of became her own little dictator to her philosophy. 
See, yeah. now, libertarians Cult of are, personality. Li- libertarians are a little different in that uh, they take what they believe, um, what they can handle of the liberty movement at a given time, and sometimes they grow and sometimes they uh, shrink in it. CJ, thanks for the expertise. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. A little bit more on this libertarian versus objectivist thing coming up. Your calls as well about whatever you want to talk about. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number two, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. The packet 8.net toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com, where all the features are totally free. Once again, freetalklive.com. So continuing from last hour, the discussion of libertarianism versus objectivism. And one of our emailers writes in, and he's already been rebutted in one way, but I guess you've got a re- an, another rebuttal coming up here. His suggestion was that objectivism to him seemed all about rejecting tradition. Um, we've already essentially had people say that it's it's more than just about that. It's about everything that Ayn Rand believed. Uh, objectivism is essentially like a, I don't know if cult of personality is the right term, but essentially if you're an objectivist, you presumably adhere to all of Ayn Rand's beliefs, or most all of Ayn Rand's personal belief system um, when she was alive. Right. It was it, She was a philosopher, and uh, it's the adherence to her philosophy. Uh, so S.F. Johnson points out that libertarians value freedom over all else. So all true libertarians are objectivists because libertarianism includes it, but not all objectivists are libertarians. Objectivists do not put freedom first. They put reason first. So if an objectivist could reason himself into a way that fascism would make good sense, then presto, a fascist is born. But a libertarian who supports intellectual freedom as well as every other freedom, freedom of movement, freedom of social interaction, freedom to own and keep your property, etc., could never reason himself into a fascist or a socialist. These opinions are antithetical to freedom. In principle, libertarians are way beyond and ahead of objectivists. I don't think Ayn Rand would have fully understood the freedom movement and all of its intentions and implications. Now, your rebuttal, Mark? Um, from from Craig, uh, he says, That guy had it all wrong. Objectivism is a total philosophy of the universe, including metaphysics, epistemology, uh, ethics, physics, politics, and aesthetics. I've studied Ayn Rand's philosophy for 20 years now, and from my perspective, objectivism... The larger philosophy and libertarianism is the political, um, and is the larger philosophy and libertarianism is the political branch of the philosophy. Therefore, all objectives, objectivists are libertarians, but there are numerous different types of libertarians which are not objectivist. Christian libertarians are not objectivists. There, um, mm. there are many libertarians who radically disagree with some of the tenets of uh, objectivist libertarians, like those who disagree with corporations or those who are anarchists. But all objectivists, from my perspective, are libertarians. I don't see how that could possibly be. Well, um, I mean, in the case of Terry Goodkind, he supported uh, an external war. He supported a war of aggression. 
And to support a war of aggression, you must support taxation. Because you have an taxation, you're not a libertarian. You're an er you have an erroneous um, view of what a libertarian is. Okay, what's a libertarian? Well, I mean, it, more people would say that a libertarian is a por uh, is a person who supports small government. Well, they'd be wrong. A libertarian <laughs> is somebody who believes uh, that force is in an appropriate way to achieve political or social goals. Look, you've got so you can redefine it as much as you want, Mark, to to uh, to make you make yourself feel better. But the fact is, a f uh, the fact is, libertarianism is a philosophy. To live life by then why don't you use the term libertarian instead of a uh, free marketeer because it's been destroyed by people like you <laughs> and neil bortz I, I, and dennis I disagree. miller i disagree and terry goodkind I, although he doesn't call himself a libertarian so at least he's honest about it i disagree i think that uh, libertarian is a person who wants to see um, re uh, a large reduction in the form of government that we currently have that's, that's the true effective every libertarian definition. is going to agree with that statement yes you ask a libertarian do you want to see a large reduction in government yes i do but you, you you're narrowing the f the field of definition for the term libertarian um, libertarianism is a philosophy on how to live life you don't use force on others period Unless force is being used on you, and then you're using it in a defensive capability, in which case that's fine. Your definition, the not use force definition, mm -hmm. um, essentially limits it, 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 it. That narrows the field because that cuts out every libertarian, including myself, out of the picture. I am not a libertarian if that's the case because I advocate a gas tax to support roads. That's right, you do. I'm not a libertarian then. I'm just a big you're not a 100 percent libertarian. <laughs> Republican. All right, well, go on if you if you got that definition. I will go on. Thank you very much. <laughs> there you go. Next Eight, topic. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. If you want to uh, debate the semantics of the term libertarian, and this is exactly why I've abandoned the uh, the term because it's meaningless at this point. It's been watered down. I think it has by, baggage. It's it's got baggage. It's been watered down by uh, different political operatives, people who have infiltrated the the Libertarian Party. Uh, they 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 are trying to make libertarianism look like something it's not. They're trying to make libertarians look like they support force when true libertarians do not support the issue, uh, the initiation of force. And so again, that's why one of the reasons why I consider myself a free marketeer. Right. And I would say, you know, free marketeer is a fine definition. You've created the word, and, and I understand or, um, what the term means. Um, whereas libertarian, I feel like, is a much larger category um, that people can use. And if somebody wants to call themselves a libertarian, I'm willing to accept them into the fold if they have smaller government philosophies. Yeah, Even if they're much larger than me. Yes. Okay. I will call you're myself about a real libertarian. You're talking about politically libertarian. You are leaning libertarian politically. That's about as much as you could say to, if you wanted to be accurate. You're leaning. In I that would call direction. myself a real libertarian. Sure, you would. I wouldn't call you one. So I'm not a libertarian. I'm no. not a real libertarian. No. Why? Because you don't believe in any government at all. Mm -hmm. Where's the de Where's the definition that expressly points out that libertarians libertarians must believe in government? Um, I've seen several that uh, you know define somebody as a small government libertarian, mm -hmm. which indicates that that's what a libertarian is. And uh, you know, then you're often the, into the uh, so what you're going to do of, here? Okay, listeners, here's what you get. You get to pick now between the guy who's uh, been in the libertarian movement for what handful of years versus uh, myself, who's been in the movement for about a decade. So, you know, who knows who knows what the definition of libertarian is? That's up to you to decide. 800-259-9231. And those of you that believe in any government at all are not libertarians, according to that guy. 
At uh, nearly 20 tons, it's the largest maritime cocaine bust in U.S. history. The U.S. Coast Guard announced today that it seized 42,845 pounds of the drug from the Gatun, a Panamanian, Panamanian ship. Two of the Coast Guard's cutters approached the ship Sunday after a patrol plane spotted the vessel about 20 miles southwest of the Panamanian coast. Drug Enforcement Administration Administrator Karen Tandy said that usually drug traffickers store the cash in secret compartments or conceal it with other legitimate cargo, but this shipment wasn't exactly hidden. She says they simply loaded these bales of cocaine into cargo containers on the top of the deck of this freighter. They were hiding in plain sight right there on the main deck. And in fact, they, they've got a photo of this, and there are little 25-pound bales of cocaine right there stacked one on top of the other maybe 40 pound bales hard to tell from uh from this distance but they uh charlie diaz captains one of the coast guard ships that closed in on the gatun he said the gatun's crew did not resist but appeared nervous as the coast guard approached the cruise vessel diaz acknowledged the panamanian ship was carrying some legal cargo but that quote bales of cocaine were just piled high in containers on the ship's deck almost up to the ceiling to think that any one of those containers, any two containers, can hold this much drugs is eye-opening. Tandy estimated the haul of cocaine could have sold on the street for about $600 million. Homeland Security... You know, if a haul like this um, gets caught, mm-hmm. I wonder how many hauls like this have made it through. There are. I mean, just it, just incredible amounts of these must be getting through. Homeland Security Secretary Michael Chertoff said, quote, Though co- through co- collaboration we've been able to strengthen our counter-narcotics efforts... To send a strong message to drug traffickers where it hurts, in their pocket. Okay. Yeah, losing a shipload of cocaine, yeah, that's probably going to, yeah, they're going to notice it. I'm sure that that stinks you know, for they, them. They're going to be bummed out about it. But then again... The, I don't feel real bad that the criminals lost their cocaine. Right. Um, they lost the coke. Um, they Somebody made the money. Because somebody paid for all that coke, so some criminal at some point in the line has already made several million dollars on this particular boatload. There's Sounds only right. there's only one criminal that took a loss on this particular run, and if you're shipping six hundred million dollars of cocaine, you've got the resources to do it again. This is one run. It's very unlikely that somebody uh, shot their load, so to speak, at this particular point in their career and, you know, invested all of their money into this one ship. Even if they put one person out of business, somebody else is going to step in and, uh, you know, supply the next batch of cocaine that comes in. 800-259-9231. There's more uh, bragging here on the part of the bureaucrats. And I want to share that with you and pick it to pieces. Your calls as well about whatever's on your mind. This is your show. You take control of the airwaves. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up what you want, toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the packet8.net toll free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free, including the updates. You just get signed up. We'll clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. Get on the list for free, of course, at updates.freetalklive.com. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Do you want to know more about Milton Friedman? Get the DVD Power of Choice and the Life or the Life of it, the Life and Ideas of Milton Friedman. It's a moving tribute to the man from his effects on Estonia and Chile to the military draft in the United States. The video includes footage from the last 70 years. Get the Power of Choice and other books and videos on liberty at lfb.com. That's laissez-faire books 
lfb.com. I just got the uh, newest catalog from them. You can uh, go there to their website and get uh, signed up for their catalog and see all the books that they have. And I, it's it's cool. nice to be able to look through. Yeah, it's col- is it uh, color in, on the inside? I saw I noticed it was color on the outside. I didn't get to flip through uh, it. Color everywhere, pretty much. Really nice. I, I think there might be some black and white pages in it. Now that I recall, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Anyway, it's uh, it's nice and free, and uh, so lfb.com. All right, one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. There has been another drug bust. Last night we talked about the one of the I guess it was a Mexican drug bust that netted over two hundred million dollars in cash alone. They just had bundles and bundles of hundred dollar bills stacked in a room somewhere, and it was in a very nice home in one of the nicest neighborhoods of Mexico City. And so good for them. Yay, whoopee. They uh, drop in the bucket, $200 million. And this is also a a little bit of a larger drop in the bucket, but nonetheless, still a drop in the bucket. $600 million is the street value estimated on a bust of uh, 42,845 pounds of cocaine busted on the Gatun, a Panamanian ship by the Coast Guard recently, according to the bureaucrats. And the Coast Guard raid comes on the heels of a record-breaking cash seizure by the DEA last week, where they mentioned the $205 million from the meth dealers in Mexico. In January, the DEA announced the extradition of 15 suspects tied to four Mexican drug cartels. That makes three big strikes in less than two months against the once untouchable and feared Mexican drug cartels that are responsible for so much of the drug supply in the United States, said Tandy, with her hands on her hips. <laughs> Uh, yeah, okay, so what? Three big strikes. Uh, sweetie, you, you're doing nothing. You you don't even understand. I mean, do they really know? They must know, right? The DEA, they must understand that what they're up against is an unstoppable force. They're up against the marketplace. People want to snort cocaine. Some do, not all of them. People yes. do want to snort, uh, snort cocaine. They're willing to pay black market prices, which are extraordinarily high. In order to uh, to be able to do this particular drug, and since there are people that want to snort it, there will be people who are willing to flaunt the law, flaunt the law in order to supply it to them. There always will be, and it doesn't matter how many laws they throw in their way. It doesn't matter if it's de- the death penalty for dealing or however draconian they become. If the laws become more draconian, then the criminals just become more dangerous. Because it takes a real special type of criminal uh, to go up against laws that might put you to death for violating them. I, I, absolutely, you'd have the most dangerous of the uh, criminal element that's currently the dangerous criminal element that's currently in the cocaine trade. But these seizures are close to uh, of close to a billion dollars in cash and drugs since the start of the year. Paint a picture of an illicit industry that's still booming. Quote: I think they operate with a mentality of impunity where they think they can get away with what they're doing. Said Chertoff. Hey, <laughs> they are getting away with it. The fact is, it's a very lucrative business where drug cartels make billions of dollars. The flagrant way in which they behave is a pretty good window into what is in their head. You know what? He's right about that. It is a lucrative business. And the drug cartels are making billions of dollars because you're putting it in their pockets, Michael Chertoff. You and your government goons are allowing these people to make money. You're ensuring obscene profits because... Black market prohibition. Prohibition drives products underground, products and services, into the black market. The black market drives prices up because criminals want to get paid well for mm-hmm. flaunting the law. You don't just go and traffic a pound, pound of cocaine because you're doing it for fun. You're doing it to make money, and you want to make sure you make a good amount. So there's t- 20 middlemen in between the grower and the actual end-level street dealer, and every one of those middlemen has got to make his 100 bucks. 
And so price goes up and up and up and up. And you're you're the ones, you government people, you're the ones, and you who support the war on drugs, you police chiefs that support the war on drugs, you cops that mindlessly enforce the war on drugs, and the rest of you that support the war on drugs, you're the ones putting the, the profits in the hands of criminals. How does that make you feel? You know, um, Americans have such a difficult time imagining what life would be like if cocaine was legal. But surprise, Americans, you know, in less than 100 years ago, cocaine was legal. Mm-hmm. It was. And it was cheap relative relative to what it um, is currently. I mean, it wasn't the cheapest thing around. It wasn't sand. But it was relatively cheap. And a, a lot of people used it for a lot of different purposes, some recreationally. Um, I, I, I've heard the, uh, the, the the claim that it used to be in Coca-Cola. I don't know that that claim is true. Really? What? That's that's not a fact? I don't that's know. the claim? I, I don't know. I mean, I just don't know. Huh. Um, but, uh, you know, you know they, it, it was available. You could get it through the pharmacy. You didn't have it, have to get any doctor's order to get it you or anything like that. You could send your 10-year-old son to buy a bottle for you. And w- was the was the country in such bad shape? Were the drug addicts no. everywhere? I mean, no. they may very well have been addicted. There were some middle-aged housewives. Yeah. Well, there was probably lots of people it, that were addicted to it, it but they most, went to work. The most likely drug user, the most likely drug addict back then, middle-aged housewives. It's mm. true. Because they didn't have anything to do. Sat around the house all day waiting for a hubby to get home. The Coast Guard worked with the DEA and other components of the Department of Homeland Security and the Department of Justice under Operation Panama Express. Commandant of the Coast Guard, Admiral Thad Allen, credited the crews and the military's branches two cutters involved in the bust. One ship is 40 years old, and the crew was even working to fix some mechanical problems on that ship during the raid. Oh, they're so hardworking, those boys. Oh, boy, you guys are doing a great job out there, really cracking down on the criminals, really making a difference in the world. Allen said, this does not happen alone. Coast Guard cannot execute these types of missions without the incredible support of our interagency partners and our inner blah, 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 blah. Official arrested 14 crew members, three from Panama and 11 from Mexico. The Mexican crew members are on their way to Tampa, Florida to face prosecution in the United States, while the Panamanian suspects have been turned over to face possible charges in Panama. Now, I wonder, there were two ships involved with the Coast Guard here. I wonder how many people were on the crew of the Coast Guard ship. Now, I don't know anything about how many people staff ships or cutters or whatever these things are. But 14 people is a pretty big crew as far as the drug ship is concerned. And there was a quote in here, and I I must have breezed over it, by Chertoff, who says, oh, here it is. He says, experience uh, shows that as you get more effective against criminal organizations, they get more violent. An unhappy indicator, the uh, reaction is an unhappy indicator of the fact they're beginning to sense a threat against their livelihood. Now, wait a minute. This goes back to something I pointed out before, and that is that there's no war on drugs. Because if there were a war on drugs, then there'd be some fighting coming back from the other side. Now, if $600 million is a big deal to you, and to you it might be, but to the drug dealers it's not. But let's presume this is a big bust. Seems like it to me. Let's presume for these uh, Coke dealers that this is a big deal. I'm sure it's a big deal. It's just not their business. And if it is their business, then somebody else will fill in the, the blanks. No, but, but where I was going with this is that if it's a big deal to lose a load of $600 million of cocaine, wouldn't you hire some people that would protect your load? Like, you know shoot at the cops when they try to approach the boat? Excellent question. I mean, you're going to go to jail. Might as well take a few few cops out while uh, while you're at it in international waters. I mean... Uh, you're on the boat with all that coke. You'll probably go to jail for life anyway. Where is the war on drugs? More on the way. Free Talk Live. <laughs> 
Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up what you want. Toll free, 800-259-9231, the packet 8.net toll free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free, including live streams. There's a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version, both for free, available at freetalklive.com. Now you can save time and money on common legal matters. Created by top attorneys, LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like your will or a living trust. In minutes, LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save 10%. That's LegalZoom.com. 1-800-259-9231. Talking about another major drug bust, and the U.S. authorities are gloating all over the place about it. Karen Tandy's a very happy lady. She's the administrator of the DEA and uh, just totally... Uh, a totally ignorant person, uh, just <laughs> as Michael Chertoff is. And they're all talking about how wonderful they are for being able to find a ship with uh, $600 million worth of cocaine on it, forty over 42,000 pounds. It was all really just sitting right up there on the uh, the top of the ship. They didn't even bother to even put it in, in anything. They just stacked it up on top of the ship. It's amazing. And really, it just shows... Disdain. The disdain for the uh, for the so-called authorities, uh, the fact that this is no big deal to uh, the the drug dealers. You know, maybe they just sent this one out. Maybe the maybe some high-level coke dealer in who knows where Asia or whatever just decided to or Panama just decided to send a ship with four hundred thousand four hundred million dollars of coke on it or six hundred million dollars of coke just sitting out in the open in the sunlight just to see if the cops would figure it out. Well, you know, maybe, maybe he was just testing him. You suppose this was a decoy to keep them away from the real um, hall? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it could be. I, I don't know. Maybe it was a legitimate bust. Maybe uh, who knows what goes on behind the scenes. But my you question, never know. Sometimes um, it, it seems to me like this is this seems like a pretty big bust to me. It's a bu- it's a big bust. It's the biggest bust ever that they've ever had. And but you know, I would say that a lot of busts come from um, you know uh, cops that are on the. The, the take from drug dealers out there because that's how it was with the uh, prohibition in the prohibitionist movement uh, you know the the gangsters had the pox in their, the cops in their pockets mm-hmm. and I would imagine that it's pretty close to true now and what the gangsters probably do is turn in their competition then the guys sure. the cops get leads and they go and uh, get their big bust and and that's what it really is is the gangsters using their cops in their pockets to to war on each other that's precisely right and if you don't think that they've got cops in their pockets at the DEA you're fooling yourself. So once again, talking about the war on drugs, the the cops love to blow uh, to boast and bluster about their big bad war on drugs and how they're so successful and they're sending a message to the black marketeers. And really, there's no war on drugs, and the evidence is that there's no violence. There's very little violence. Yes, I know it's the black market, so inevitably on the inside of the black market there is violence. And yes, along the southern border, there's a little bit of violence as far as a few bullets uh, trade sides between the cops and the drug dealers from time to time. But in general, in the streets of most American cities, between the cops and the drug dealers, there's very little violence. Very little. Um, The cops, yes, the cops um, kick in doors and they come in armed and they're very scary and violent. 
uh, with people. But as far as the drug dealers on cops violence, there's plenty of cop on drug dealer violence just because they're mean, vindictive people. But as far as the dealer violence against cops, where are all the stories? I mean, you'd think that if uh, if these drug dealers were such bad guys, and I know there are bad guys in the, the drug business, but you'd think if so many of them were so evil and so bad, they'd be out there bumping cops off left and right, threatening judges, you know, doing uh, attacking the prosecutors. Strangely, that doesn't happen. Why, uh, why doesn't that happen? Because that would make some wonderfully sensational press, wouldn't it? It, it seems like it would. I, mean, I, I don't would... know that the uh, drug dealers really want to make sensational press. I'm not and... talking about that. I'm talking about for the cops. That way they could paint the drug dealers as, hey, these are bad guys. They're, they're attacking and threatening our police. Yeah. And police are heroes. You know, you know how the whole thing with the police is here sure. in America. If you're a policeman, all of a sudden you're you're a hero just because you've got a badge on. And I've got a story that will rebut that here in a few moments. But, uh, you know, there is no, there is virtually no drug dealer versus police violence out there. And I would like to know from you why you think that is. I mean, wouldn't it be in the dealer's interest to take out some cops? I mean, if you look at what's happened in Iraq... I know this doesn't have anything to do with drugs, per se, but the insurgents in Iraq, they threaten the police. The police don't show up to work. So why don't the drug dealers try that? It's it's an interesting idea. It seems like... um You'd be drawing attention to yourself, and the the drug dealers are a loosely knit confederacy, a very mm-hmm. loosely knit confederacy that's willing to turn on each other pretty quickly. Um, they don't really care to uh, benefit the other drug dealers; they only want to benefit themselves. True. So they don't want Taking to. Taking out the cops would benefit all of the dealers. Right. Um, they they don't want to stir up the hornet's nest. Um, the other dealers would uh, immediately see an opportunity to a um, befriend a, a cop by turning in somebody that they may know uh, mm-hmm. did something. And, uh, you know, be keep some heat off themselves. You know, maybe this is one of the reasons why I think that's an excellent uh, analysis. Maybe this is one of the reasons why you never virtually never see the big players get taken down because they're too well connected. They have too many friends in the police department. They have too many friends in the D.E.A. So the big boys never get taken down. You ever notice that? I've never heard of an American big boy getting taken down. They made a huge bust here. But there were only 14 mules on the ship. I can tell you the guy that bought that load was not on the ship. Why would he be? Right. He'd be a fool to be on that ship. Exactly. So they'll get the little guys, and there will be you know, some mid-level, low-level dealers that will be sacrificed up to the, uh, the police gods. But they never go after the big guys. And maybe that's because they are actually afraid of them. You know, you bust somebody like a Pablo Escobar here in America... And maybe he will start threatening judges. Maybe he will start turning loose the uh, the soldiers, if you will, against the police officers, against the prosecutor and the judges. So maybe that's one of those reasons why those trials don't ever happen. Maybe that's why those busts never happen. Maybe that's why they don't work up the line that far. It's a, it would seem like a bad idea to go to um, for the drug dealers to go to war against the cops, but at the same time... Um, I, I wouldn't expect these guys not to have some bad ideas, so I would think that what you're suggesting would happen at some point if they weren't all in bed together. But the fact is, they, they are. are. Let's go to the phones and talk to Matt in Montana, listening on KGEZ. Hello, Matt. Uh, how are you guys doing tonight? Great. What's on your mind? Well, you know, I just know a little bit of something about the uh, drug war. Mm-hmm. I had a friend of mine, his, his uh, little brother, he got into some heroin dealing, and... Uh, one day he ended up uh, half naked in a hotel room, with no shoes on, no, no, uh, no idea how he got in the room. I mean, he didn't buy the room, he didn't do nothing. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, the cops kind of just hid from it. And then one day, the family, you know, it was a very large family, multiple kids, like nine kids. Mm -hmm. Only one of them was, you know, bad. And I'm driving down the road, so excuse sure. me. No problem. Uh, but uh, they, uh, one day, they decided they were going to start their own investigation, pr hired private investigators, blah, blah, blah. And shortly thereafter that, the sheriff of the county showed up and said, you know, if you don't want one of your other kids to end up in the same predicament, you better drop the investigation. Hmm. Whoa. And, and, uh, and if you don't think it doesn't happen that way a lot around the country, then everybody is really foolish because it goes all the way to the top, all the yep. way to the presidency of the people that, that control this country are certainly controlling the drug war and certainly controlling the the uh, distribution of the drugs from the heroin in uh, 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 Afghanistan to the cocaine from the Colombians. I mean, it's been that way for ever since Vietnam War. It's been that sure. way since way before that. Well, who better to deal the drugs than those who are virtually immune from prosecution? Who yeah, better to know, be... Who better to be uh, the one selling the the coke than the sheriff of the county? You know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you know, you gotta. Damn mechanics gotta pass a piss test, and the president of the United States doesn't have to pass a piss test. Yep, you're absolutely right, Matt. Thank you for the call. Great story. Appreciate it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. There are countless stories like that from around the country. How interesting that the sheriff himself stepped in and told that private investigator, um, you might want to back off on this one, pal. 800-259-9231. Who's he protecting? Scary stuff. This is your show. You take control. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. Bring up what you want, toll free, 800-259-9231. That is the packet 8.net, toll free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Though we do ask you voluntarily support the show by voting for us. Head over to vote.freetalklive.com. Takes you less than a minute. Uh, cast your vote for the show. We've Our lead on the second place show, the Potter Guys, has gained by about six votes from last night. Oh, no, it, it, it has uh, shrank back again. It shrunk back? Yeah, it's back to seven. Seven-point oh. lead. Well, last night it was a five-point lead, so we're gaining slowly. Mm, yes. But nonetheless, this is an example of how hot the competition is. We seven need votes could vote. be done in minutes. Right. We need you to go to uh, to vote.freetalklive.com, spend a little bit of time there, take you less than a minute. All you need is your email address, and the only reason they need that is to verify you really are a real person, so there. Uh, so vote.freetalklive.com. Now, isn't this the longest we've made it? Uh, today's the 21st. Isn't this the longest we've made it into a... Uh, it may be the longest given, or darn close. Darn close. close. Yeah. Um, and to say that our lead is tenuous is an understatement. Um, we need as many votes as we possibly can. So, so go thank, to vote.freetalklive.com. Thank you for voting if you've already done it. And if you have already done it, please send some instant messages out to some friends some emails out to your email list, maybe, and ask them Send to out vote. a bulletin on MySpace. Yeah, that too. Vote.freetalklive.com as we go to the phones to Eric in Texas. You're on Free Talk Live with Ida Mark. Hello, Eric. Hey, guys. How's it going this evening? Great. What's on your mind? Uh, well, I, I, uh, here in Texas, you have to have two stickers on your windshield. Mm. One's your inspection sticker. Okay. 
that you, that you have to renew every year, and they just increase the price on that from $14 to $27 okay. that you have to pay every year. And the other one is your registration sticker, which is like 50 something dollars that you also have to renew every year. And that goes on your windshield. Yes. Okay. Now, the, the, I, I would think the registration sticker would go on your license plate. Do they have something uh, for that, too? Some states do that. Here in Texas, they put it on your windshield. It's a bigger sticker and supposedly easier for the cops to see. You know, and some states don't have inspections at all. Uh, we came from uh, Florida. Um, and no inspections there. They used to have inspections back when I was a kid, but they don't have them now and haven't had them for years. And it's really strange. There aren't yeah. derelict cars everywhere. <laughs> As a matter of fact, people um, where I'm from drive all kinds of new cars because they don't want their car breaking down. That it's a bigger deterrent um, to breaking down is, in fact, breaking down not having um, not getting a ticket for not being inspected so where were you going with all this eric well i recently got uh, my new um <clears throat> registration sticker because i didn't want the government gun put to my head for not doing it sure and they've changed the design once again this year and on the back of the sticker the side that you have to stare at every day while you're stuck in your car driving to work they put a nice little slogan on it that says love your state check the date that's that's really clever. And I I just I cannot believe <laughs> I I was just imagining how much money they wasted coming up with this mm. stupid slogan to remind you to do it or they're going to put a gun to your head. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. They probably formed a blue ribbon panel or a task force and they probably spent 2 months just coming up with that slogan alone. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it is. Well, don't you love your state, Eric? Isn't that the reason why uh, you do it? Well, that's the scary thing is here in Texas, you know, it is all the state of Texas. Everything's bigger here and whatnot. Yeah. People so really it, do love probably, the state. Yeah, it'll probably play well here. That's a mentality that that, uh, that we need to work on getting rid of. Thanks for the call, man. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. It's okay to love clean air and to love water, uh, clean water, but to love the state you. I, I think it's okay to love um, your geographic region, but somehow they've, you know, they they've put these government bodies in charge of these geographic mm -hmm. regions, and they manage to marry themselves. Yes. Somehow, you, um, you know, this government is in fact the geographic region that absurd. you're that you like so much. Yeah, yeah, it's it's absurd. The uh, the idea that when you step outside, you're stepping all over the government, stepping all over all over the state. No, it's just a plot of land. Uh, let's go to Greg in Missouri. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Greg. Hey, fellas. What's on your mind, sir? Well, I wanted to talk about the disappearing bees. Disappearing what do you mean? bees? Yeah, well, they say bees have been disappearing all over the world. Really? I, I, completely... oh, I thought you guys would be more informed on this than I was. I don't follow the bee, the bee patterns, but uh, I'll take your word for it. What about them? Well, they've been, uh, apparently, you know, there's a problem with pollination, and they talk about how our food sources are going to dwindle this and that because of the lack of pollination. But uh, when I got to thinking about it, I I think I heard that they've been disappearing for 20, 30 years. They've been, and, oh, hmm. And uh, I got to think about it, and I thought about who would profit from the disappearance of the bees. I don't know. And it's gonna it's gonna hurt the like small farmer, uh, the the open pollinated crops, mm -hmm. but it's not gonna hurt the GMOs. What is GMO? The genetically modified foods. Now, how is it that I mean, I, I see where you're coming from that these bees are disappearing, but I mean, can't you just grow more? 
Well, uh, apparently not, not that uh, rapidly. Um, but I got to thinking about it, and uh, since it's a, a worldwide situation, I got to wondering if pos- if it's been uh, they've been disappearing slowly for twenty, thirty years, that uh, possibly. The chemtrails. Oh, my been... goodness. Are you kidding me? Well, they're, they're going somewhere. <laughs> well, I mean, something's causing it worldwide, and there's there's nothing I've heard of being done worldwide other than well first of all i find the, i find the chemtrail i find the chemtrail concept to be uh, pretty absurd personally it seems very silly well, that's to me fine. yeah it seems very silly to me that uh, that that would be going on without anybody um, being able to uh, to prove something about it um, if it's so widespread and so dangerous then where's the evidence the fact is there isn't any um, there's well, just nobody some guys knew about the manhattan project never yeah. Thousands of people involved with that. Yeah, I see. I see where you're coming from. It's just that it's just, uh, all of the websites just, out there. This food for thought. All of the websites out there advocating uh, this chemtrail theory are just crackpot kook websites. There's nothing with any credibility whatsoever out there about it. But nonetheless, I mean, the the B things are. If it's a real issue, then there are certain. The New York Times says it is. There are certain segments of the marketplace that I think could respond to it, like honey producers, um, people that that uh, utilize bees and. Pest control products, they don't want bees to go away. So, um, just Well, right. The only thing is, if everybody's bees are dying everywhere, it's going to be kind of hard to repopulate. You know, we don't even know that they're dying. They're just disappearing. That's well, the crazy part. They're, they're going disappearing, underground. Uh, dead, whatever. They're not here. Right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that was food for thought. Thanks, thanks for the you. call. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. There you go. The well, bees you know, it's, it, it, he wouldn't. You know, the the, the chemtrail claims are certainly a little weird, but it, you don't. They spray for mosquitoes. I mean, they could very very well, for some reason or another, be trying to kill off somehow. You know, for some reason, um, ungenetically modified bees. Yeah, the, and the reason is to throw the world into a tailspin so everyone starves to death so the elites can bring their control well, uh, grid into place. Who knows the elites blah, blah, are necessarily blah, 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 blah. doing it? Who knows? I mean, most people haven't seen... Uh, the d- Bee Haters Club? I mean, I who's don't doing know. This? I don't... The bees are gone. Don in Pennsylvania, you're on Free Talk Live with the Bee Mark. losses range from 30 to 60%. Mm. Well, don't worry, guys. I, I believe in the Bermuda Triangle on that one. <laughs> anyway. oh, that's where they're going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll find them one of these years. Anyways, uh, I, I was just calling uh, because you all, you know you do seem to have a lot of you know law official uh, people you know listening to you, if you will. But anyways, uh, maybe in their oath or in even the state of you know uh, Vermont, New Hampshire, wherever mm-hmm. up there. Uh, here, here's the thing. Where does it say that the government has the right to, to take drugs? No, they don't. Doesn't say anything. Governments don't have rights. Uh, only individuals have rights. Th- that is correct. So whenever they say that something is wrong with drugs, aspirin, you know, uh, everything, uh, your doctor, if he gives you a, a drug, he is a, you know, a dealer. he's a dealer. Yeah. Sure. Oh, there's he all kinds of legitimate drug what, dealers. 30, 40 years? There's all kinds of legal drug dealers. Look at Starbucks. Well, yeah. You know, I, I mean, you want to get into crazy, but the problem is we believe certain things, and until we, the people, go in there and say, well, that guy's guilty of uh, trafficking, you know, cocaine out there, but 
up here in, uh, you know, New Hampshire. Mm -hmm. Well, no, he's not. It's illegal. Yeah, all he's guilty of is uh, providing a product to people that are demanding it. That's all that drug dealers do. They uh, they provide a service to people that are voluntarily paying them for it. And it's a shame that we're locking people like that up in prison cells. Thanks for the call, Don. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. They're just people operating in the marketplace. That's all. It's people with the, these government thugs with guns that say they can't do it. That's the only reason why. A lot of times what in, with some drug dealers and some types of drugs, you're dealing with very violent individuals. And if legalizing them, the violent people will go away. That's right. You don't see people killing each other over aspirin. They are not warring over aspirin or Starbucks or alcohol. It's the legal market. And that's the way it should be. Hour number three is coming up. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching an hour number three, and you can bring up whatever you want toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, totally free. That's, once again, freetalklive.com. Lots to talk about tonight here, including presidential candidate Ron Paul and his thoughts on this whole housing situation. The marketplace is uh, going a little bit crazy, or um, maybe that's what we're not supposed to believe, according to Ron. But that, but first, um, I said last hour I had a story about a police officer who's anything but a hero. You know how people are with their police. If you've got a badge and a gun on uh, your hip and you're wearing blue or green, you automatically are one of the heroes. Well, no, I think that you should probably earn your hero stripes. If you're going to be considered a hero, you should do something maybe heroic in order to actually be considered a hero, because otherwise you could be Officer Michael P. Ragusa from Miami, who kidnapped a woman in his patrol car, tried raping her, released her, and then sent her a cell phone text message, followed by calling her, inviting her to lunch. Oh, my. Authorities say Ragusa, a three-year officer with an undistinguished career, as they put it, was arrested Tuesday. Stripped of his badge and gun, he was charged with kidnapping and attempted sexual battery by a law enforcement officer. They actually have a... a, Well, that's interesting. They Mm. actually have a law called sexual battery by a law enforcement officer. Well, the law enforcement officers didn't pass it. Said uh, Miami Lieutenant Bill Schwartz, quote, It's difficult for for us any time one of our own gets in trouble for anything. But something like this boggles the mind. Ragusa, 31, who's an afternoon shift patrolman, wasn't on duty when the alleged kidnapping happened in Miami Beach just before 5 a.m. on Monday. She didn't know that. He had a car. That's when police say Ragusa pulled up to a 31-year-old woman who just left her undisclosed workplace. She stepped off a county bus. He beckoned her over, calling her beautiful. Ragusa grabbed her by the arm and pulled her toward the blue and white Ford Crown Vic, according to a police report. The terrified woman later told police she'd never even seen him before. Ragusa pulled her into her into the car across his lap. They drove to a secluded area behind a nearby home. Ragusa, who was not in uniform, smelled of alcohol, she said, pleading. The woman begged him to please let her go because she had to go home to her son, an arrest report says. And she probably didn't want to get raped. Uh, as she struggled... Sure, that's a real factor. <laughs> Ragusa fondled her, forced kisses on her, and stripped off her pants, police say. He tried raping her, police say, but stopped when the woman claimed she had a venereal disease. 
Allowing the woman he still to, wanted to take her to lunch later, though. Allowing the woman to put her pants on, Ragusa extended an invitation back to his apartment. <laughs> this guy's messed up. The woman insisted. Now, hold on, he ex- he extended the invitation, or she did? He, he did. Well, oh, no, well, she might be. She, she told him she had a venereal disease. She may or may not have had it. She's she's rather tricky. This gal. Uh, yeah. Okay. You just tried to rape me. Come on back and have some coffee. No, he asked her to come to his apartment. And which, of course, she insisted she needed to go home. Ragusa actually drove her home, but before letting her go, he stated he wanted her phone number. She agreed, writing the number on a matchbook. He immediately called her to make sure that she had given the right one. Yeah, he's tricky. And he told her he'd like to see her again. Mm. The woman immediately told uh, her uncle of the kidnapping. About 20 minutes later, Ragusa sent her a text message. Later Monday morning, Ragusa called to invite her to lunch. The woman told her boyfriend, who immediately called the Miami Beach police, and uh, the officer answer, uh, The officer answered. He stated his name was Michael Ragusa uh, because the dispatcher called the number logged in her phone. Miami Beach detectives showed up at her home, interviewed her, called Internal Affairs, just selected him from a lineup, and he's been arrested. Mm. So there you go. Cop tries to rape somebody in the, in the, in the back patrol of his car. patrol car. Yeah. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. So that that just goes to show you that don't teach your kids to trust the police, parents, because you never know which one of them is going to be bad. Yes, there are good cops out there, but the point is, it's almost impossible to tell where the bad ones are or when they're going to pop up. And who knows? Maybe uh, you know. Maybe you'll your kids will encounter a child molesting cop instead of just a rapist cop. That's the scariest. Um, situation is when you've got a guy who's you know dressed up in a cop uniform in a cop car committing crimes who knows whether and there's so many stories of people impersonating cops doing things like this um you know it's it's scary it sure is your thoughts at 800-259-9231 or your and then there's special charges for doing um for committing crimes against law enforcement officers how do you ever know how do you know i mean what if this woman would have uh, shot this cop in prote- protecting yourself. Oh my goodness! Can you imagine if she would have had a little, a little uh, two-shot twenty-two killer, twenty-two Derringer in her pocket, yep. and she'd have capped him? Then he'd be a hero. And, and she, well, what would she have been able to do? They'd have parades for him. No, oh, I'm sure they would. And they would have never known. An Oregon per, uh, patrol officer. Since we're on the topic, uh, former Wisconsin prosecutor, Houston Crime Lab tech, and more in New Haven, Connecticut. This is the corrupt cops rundown. We haven't done one of these in a long time. New Haven, Connecticut, the city's top narc was arrested Tuesday on charges he stole thousands of dollars while on the job. Lieutenant William White, head of the New Haven Police Department Narcotics Division, was arrested by the FBI after it caught him on video transferring $27,000 in department cash to his car. Now, I, I can't imagine how this doesn't, uh, this doesn't happen everywhere. It does happen everywhere. When you're talking everywhere. about cash, just bundles and bundles of unlogged cash mm-hmm. sitting in police departments... Um, I, you know, before before it even gets there, I just well, yeah, can't it gets imagine. logged in when it gets there. So you've got to take it. It's best to take it beforehand. Yeah, I, I just during the bus. I can only imagine that all that unaccounted for cash, a great deal of it goes elsewhere. White is charged with theft of government funds and criminal conspiracy. Also arrested was uh, another narcotics detective who was charged with stealing less than a thousand dollars. And three local bail bondsmen who are charged with bribing White and other police officers to recapture fugitives they were seeking. On Wednesday, New Haven police announced they were disbanding the narcotics unit. Oh my gosh, that's a huge success. <laughs> that's big news. In Houston, a former Texas Department of Public Safety lab technician was arrested last month on charges he stole more than 50 pounds of cocaine from the agency's Houston crime lab and sold it over a five-year period. 
the technician, Jesus Hinojosa, smuggled the stuff out brick a brick at a time, selling them for $11,000 to $13,000 each, mm. according to authorities. In all, DPS investigation has found 57 pounds of cocaine missing from the lab. Internal audits show the agency was aware of security breaches since 2003. 2003. It took them four years to figure this out? In Portland, Oregon... A Multoma County parole supervisor has resigned after admitting to stealing marijuana from a department property room and smoking it in front of coworkers at a holiday party. <laughs> These guys don't always do the smartest things. No, that wasn't the smartest thing, I'm afraid. Shadman Asal had been on leave since the December 9th party at his house, where he began hitting on a joint in front of his fellow parole officers. What the hell was he thinking about? One of them recognized the container the weed came in as having been seized earlier and logged in the department's north office. No criminal charges have been filed. Remember, they're catching the dumb ones, like the dumbest of the dumb ones. That that's, uh, seems to fit. They're catching the ones that are taking the stuff out of the evidence room. It's the guys that take the drugs and the cash before it gets to the evidence room. They're almost untraceable. They're virtually untouchable. 1-800-259-9231 is the toll-free number. If so much got... of it it's, it would be impossible to, to trace. Yeah, of course. I mean, if you're the if you're the busting officer and you and your other, it's you and another cop. I mean, we had Barry Cooper on, former law enforcement mm-hmm. officer, former drug cop. He usually worked with at most one other guy. So if you and the other guy are in it together, you both have families, you both got have kids. You're trying to put them through college. It's tough to put kids through college uh, when you're making thirty six thousand dollars a year. Looks like we've got uh, ten thousand dollars. I mean, five thousand dollars. I mean, in two thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. That's exactly how it works. So you take one bundle for yourself, slip it in your back pocket. Your buddy gets a bundle for himself. The other bundle gets written up in the in the report and taken into the uh, the station. And you guys are heroes. You know, you um, busted another big bad drug dealer. Especially if you work with this guy closely on a regular basis, you're probably able to feel each other out as to whether or not you know you're you're both sitting there in front of ten thousand dollars cash one time. Maybe the first time you don't do anything just because you look at each other and go. Yeah, it looks like we got ten grand here. Okay, we'll log it in. But then, you know, you, you might be sitting there drinking coffee and donuts. And, mm-hmm. uh, well, you wouldn't drink the donuts. You'd eat the donuts. Anyway, and... and I hear they're making new drinkable donuts. <laughs> yuck. Um, and it's like, hey, you know, we probably could have taken a couple of grand a piece off could that stack of money. and Missed out. Nobody even would have known. Yep. You know, and it's not like the money's... There's anything good going to happen with the yeah, money. It's, it's not going to the department. It's, you know... I, I, I got the a kid to put through college. I, if got, you don't take it, if you don't take it, the administrators are going to get it. Yeah, and so pretty soon they manage to talk each other into it, and then they're just splitting the cash after that. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. What has happened recently with the TSA and a bust of some gun and drug dealers? It's an interesting story on the way. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. The packet 8.net toll-free line for you. Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online, freetalklive.com, the place to go. All the features totally free at freetalklive.com, and that does include the live streams. Broadband version of the show and a dial-up version, both for free, freetalklive.com. And SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. 
SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful. They record every call and have the best equipment money can buy. So your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com or call 800-544-6359. That's 1-800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live. To the phones we go. Let's talk to Rob in Georgia on the amplifier line. Hey, Rob, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Rob. Hello, Rob. Are you talking to me? Hey, we got you. Is this, okay, this is Matt. Oh, sorry, Matt, I missed that one. I, uh, your, your line was a little bit questionable when you'd originally called in, and it might still be questionable, but you had a point on the, on the bee controversy. Yeah, I wanted to, uh, to talk about these uh, bees. The gentleman called in, and he was wondering, uh, quote-unquote, who would profit from losing bees. Nobody profits from losing bees. Um, what's going on is beekeepers are going to their hives, and they're finding the hives empty. Mm. And nobody knows why. There's, there's, it, there's many reasons it could be. Some people think maybe it's mercury in the environment, and they're getting uh, contaminated with mercury, and they're not being able to find their way back home. Uh, some people think it might be pesticides. Certainly I haven't read anything where anybody has suggested it was contrails. <laughs> um, but it's a big problem for scientists, and even the, the genetically modified plants need bees to be pollinated. Mm. If we were to lose every bee, if, if the bees were to go extinct, or if they were to be significantly reduced, then yes, there would be a huge problem with food supply. Be bad news. Now, so I- then, now I, it was told to us by uh, by a friend of ours that essentially this is only a problem in for wild bees, and bee and honey producers aren't having a problem. Is that not the case? No, that's not what I've heard or read. Uh, Actual beekeepers are losing up to 30 or 40 percent of their hives. In other words, four out of every ten hives that they go to are turning up empty or the bees are dead. Hmm. And uh, how a lot of these hives work, or how the the hives work at, at this point in time that are finding them, is they're transportable hives. So if you have a crop in Texas that needs to be pollinated, a uh, beekeeper will take the the honeybees and drive down to Texas and let them loose on your fields. Well, that's obvious what's happening then. The little guys are getting moved around and they're lost. (laughs) (laughs) No, um, uh, that's a a different industry. These these bees, they they go out and they, they know where their hive is. They know how to get back. Um, we not need to buy them little bee tom-toms so they can get home. Well, you know what's going to I mean what what the case is going to be is that if uh, if this really becomes an issue, then all it's going to happen is the marketplace is going to start manufacturing more bees. If they know they're going to lose 30 to 40% of their bee populations, they're just going to have to make more bees and um, uh, increase the cost uh, of the products. Unfortunately, I don't think that's possible because you're talking about nature here and and you're not talking about something that you can just manufacture on a on a human level um if if scientists started working at it uh, maybe they could you know genetically make bees i wasn't talking about that i mean they don't have any problem making uh new cows uh why is it they couldn't make new bees i mean the marketplace seems to have cows i mean you know new cows are uh you you you, the, the queen bee makes the bees the queen bee is the only bee that lays the eggs are they losing queens? Lose or are they are they losing queens oh, yeah, too? They're losing the queen. Yeah, they're losing the entire hive. So they're mm-hmm. losing queens, and it's it's something that nature handles. Um, this is you know not a not really a marketplace issue. This is more of a um, 
a na- nature issue, kind of like cutting down the rainforest. Well, you one know, thing's for sure: the uh, the government sure the the government sure can't solve this problem. Um, and if anything can, then uh, market influences will do something. I don't know how they'll I don't know how they'll pull it out. I'll leave it to the scientists to figure that one out. And thanks for the expertise. Appreciate it, Mike. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever you want. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. To Becky Akers at LewRockwell dot com. And to the airports of America. It's not as if we need further evidence of the Transportation Security Administration's or the TSA's futility, but it keeps dishing it up for us anyway. The latest example comes from Orlando, where two passengers smuggled guns. That's right, plural, as in 13 handguns and an assault rifle aboard a flight to Puerto Rico. Zabdiel Santiago Belaguer and Thomas Anthony Munoz, Munoz, Munoz. both 22, worked for Delta Airlines subsidiary Comair at Orlando International Airport. They booked a flight from there to Puerto Rico for March 5th. At 3 o'clock that morning, they flashed their employees' ID to bypass the TSA's checkpoints, then hid a bag containing the aforementioned arsenal and eight pounds of pot near the boarding gate. The two are not terrorists looking to get stoned after the day's mayhem, but part of an enterprise that smuggles drugs and guns to Caribbean customers. It's a highly... Is it Caribbean or Caribbean? I think it's your choice. Uh, It's a highly lucrative business for which the smugglers, if not their patrons, can thank big government. Puerto Rico has one of the toughest gun laws in the nation, which makes buying, selling, and bearing weapons very difficult. Consequently, guns that sell for less than $200 at a mainland Walmart can command more than $1,000 on Puerto Rico's black market. Eight hours later, the duo grabbed their bag and boarded their flight. Even though the FBI has minded Zab's business, quote, for some time, according to the Orlando Sentinel, I imagine their surveillance didn't overtly concern the entrepre- an entrepreneur of Zab's initiative in Spunk. Quote, despite having him under scrutiny, federal agents didn't know he'd made plans to fly to Puerto Rico on a gun-running mission that day. Mm. So this is how great the Fed's surveillance is. Like, they're supposedly watching this guy, but they don't know what he's going to do. They don't know what his plans are. They don't, <laughs> they don't know anything about him. Well, I don't know. I mean... Uh, I- I don't want them to necessarily be able to find out that information because how did they find it out? You know, they usually what they're going to be doing is some kind of rights violation that they could very well be using against me. So I, I'm not prepared to make fun of them in that uh, particular arena. Indeed, they and their fellow thugs would have remained clueless, but for an alert citizen, a.k.a. jilted girlfriend or disgruntled competitor, who happened to call Orlando's crime line? The anonymous snitch blabbed about Zab's flight and his carry-on contraband. Cops, quote, pulled him off the flight at the last minute, as the Sentinel euphemized it. One of, uh, I wonder if that required one SWAT team or two for a 22-year-old boy selling customers the weapons and weed they want to buy. The cops searched Zab but found nothing on him. Quote, airport officials then checked computerized records that can identify all employees who use their card keys to swipe doors in secure areas. Mm. That's when they realized another Comair worker was likely on the plane and called the TSA. The reports don't tell us what the cops knew or how much they shared. We'll assume very little. Let's say they told the TSA only that Tom, an associate of the guy that had already been detained, was still aboard the flight, and so was his unspecified contraband. The TSA's drama queens figure another 9-11 is imminent every time a pilot sneezes or passengers whisper. The mysterious contraband must have jangled all of their alarms. Mm -hmm. So what did they do? 
We'll find out. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever's on your mind. The latest from Ron Paul on the way and your calls about whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring in what you want. Toll free, 800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. It's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free. Hey, there goes the music. <laughs> the features are completely free, and that does include the bulletin board system. Over 200,000 posts await you. Lots to talk about. Serious issues, fun stuff. Over 1,500 people are interacting. It's all for free. bbs.freetalklive.com will get you to it. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project, your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. Becky Akers at LewRockwell.com. Always, uh, you can always count on Becky Akers to uh, really find some interesting TSA stories that you might have missed in the news. This one happened in Orlando, and it's just, every time, it's just one debacle after another, one bureaucratic blunder after another. And in this case, there are two, two gentlemen who were working at the time for Delta Airlines subsidiary ComAir at Orlando International Airport. They booked a flight, and uh, they were going to go to Puerto Rico. At 3 o'clock in the morning, they flashed their IDs, got past uh, the TSA's checkpoints, and then put a bag full of 13 guns and 8 pounds of marijuana near the, um, I guess, near the the gate, uh, somewhere um, near the plane. And they were going to make a lot of money on those guns and marijuana. Exactly. Well, apparently the FBI had been on this kid's case. He's 22 years old, and they uh, apparently alerted the TSA to the fact that, first of all, they busted Zab. One, there's two guys, Zabdiel and Thomas. They busted Zab, but uh, then they discovered that there must be another guy on board the plane because of uh, the, the evidence that they had had at the time. And so they alerted the TSA, but we're presuming they didn't tell them very much because of the way they the TSA handled the situation. At the very least, we might expect them to divert the flight for an emergency landing, perhaps uh, they'd even notify the White House so it could authorize its fighter jets to shoot down, or sorry, protect the flight. The TSA did neither. Instead, it ordered authorities in San Juan to search not just Tom, but everyone on board once oh. the flight landed. Whoa now. Obviously, the TSA knew that terrorists weren't threatening the plane, so why was the agency involved? Well, because like all federal enforcers, the TSA seeks to control us and not terrorists. Witness the warrantless anti-constitutional search it requested from San Juan's cops. We can't have passengers getting a hold of contraband, now can we? Meanwhile, we've got a plane mid-flight with a criminal and contraband aboard. It's right, also- it's obvious that they, um, they're not protecting the flight if the flight has landed. Mm-hmm. They're not protecting the people on the ground who could have buildings flown into them or anything like that. This is about um, contraband. That's correct. And control. It's also carrying two air marshals who, when they aren't shooting passengers, are theoretically protecting them. But the TSA never told them anything was amiss. That heartens those of us who understand the real purpose of air marshals. What's the real purpose of air marshals? Um, shows of authority? I don't uh, know. The show of authority, uh, security theater, more of that sort, mm, sort of thing. Yeah. But it should infuriate people who actually swallow the Fed's propaganda. 
There reclined two of the homeland's sworn defenders, blissfully ignorant of potential <laughs> catastrophe. Just as well, that ignorance allowed the flight to land without casualties. The passengers were groped, their bags rifled, and poor Tom was arrested. So, is the TSA completely irrelevant or what? Despite the elaborate checkpoint charade, contraband made it aboard this flight, and who knows how many others. Uh, and the evidence shows that um, by their own tests, uh, the TSA does audits on itself, and the government, um, the, the GAO, I think, does these audits. Mm-hmm. And uh, the TSA come, misses guns and bombs 75% sure. of the time. Well, that's when they're actually checking the bags. In this case, these guys just got went right past security. Right. I mean, well, obviously they can go around. It would be difficult to figure out how to... Uh, you know, check every employee every Apparently time. Apparently they want to do that now. Well, I'm sure they do. But and not it's any... just going to cost us more and waste more of our time, and they're going to just continue to miss stuff. Spokes bureaucrat Christopher White blustered that, quote, no weapons were brought through security checkpoints. Duh, no, just a, they just were brought around them. And not any old contraband either, but guns, which from the way the TSA carries on could cause planes to self-destruct. Isn't that why its minions search us as though we're felons entering a maximum security prison? Yet these incredibly lethal objects, these betonoirs, so dangerous that violations of the TSA's ban on them, quote, can result in criminal prosecution and civil penalties of up to $10,000. These guns sailed harmlessly through the air for 1,200 miles. You knew this would spur politicians to prattle about more power for the TSA. In whacked-out Washington, failure and futility earn bigger bucks mm-hmm. and more responsibilities. Every time. We also behold... They the- fail, they get more money... And more power. We also behold the limits of congressional imagination here. Rather than eliminating the smuggling problem by, so-called, by honoring the Second Amendment, you know, and allowing people to actually carry arms onto planes, if the uh, the airlines would like that, uh, by honoring the Second Amendment, these twits want to strengthen a bumbling bureaucracy. Representatives so-and-so and whoever else trotted out a bill that, quote, would set up a test program at five airports to screen all workers, each time they enter a secure area. Of course. Actually, the TSA already searches the poor slobs at random, but that's insufficient. The other, quote, unscreened airport workers present a gaping hole in airport security. Really? Where's the evidence for that? A couple of enterprising kids made gaping fools of the TSA, but they've threatened no one. Indeed, old Chris White himself assured us that there were, this is the spokes bureaucrat, that, quote, at no time were passengers put at any risk. Ha! Huh. Seems Chris has forgotten the air marshals on that flight. Meanwhile, other charlatans elbowed their way back to the mic. The back door's wide open here, announced P- Representative whoever. <laughs> we need to move the British model to the British model where anything and everything that passes through the airport is inspected. Apparently this guy neither knows nor cares that Orlando International alone employs 16,000 souls. Nationwide, there are 900,000 airline employees and vendors with access to secure areas. And that, quote, the logistics of screening tens of thousands of workers a day is daunting. It sure is. According to the Sentinel, it requires, it quotes Rich Roth, a former Secret Service security specialist, who estimated that such wholesale searching could cost $3 million to $10 million per airport each year, yeah. leading to higher ticket prices. What else would it lead to? longer security lines. Is it worth the risk to have the delay in the cost of your ticket going up, Roth asked? Yet these mundane considerations don't worry our guy Pete, one of the other bureaucrats. If it's a little bit expensive, so be it. Ah, the insouciance with other people's money. 
You know, and it's it's so funny. It's not like the plane was put in any danger. These guns were down in the hole. Yep. They, they weren't they, they weren't in these kids' hands. All they were doing was smuggling the guns. Yep. Look, there's a gun on every single flight that you go on down in the hole. Somebody has checked a gun. Maybe not every single, but darn close to it. Chances are good. Somebody, a, a good American who has the right to bear arms, has taken a gun in his luggage and put it on the plane, which is all these guys did except that their guns weren't legal. They propose to up our security by these, unfortunately, Incompetent bureaucrats. By their own, um, by their own tests, these guys are incompetent. Mm-hmm. They're they're missing. And and I, I you know I don't want. I'm try, not trying to be mean, but the numbers I've seen are 75 percent of guns and bomb, you know, fake bombs and all this other make stuff that they that make it through. 75 percent. I'm sorry, that's incompetent. It just is. And so what? We're going to feed this bureaucracy, make more incompetency. I don't see the point in it. And the ignorance of that classic question in Juvenal's sixth satire, sed qui custodiet ipsos custodes. Who's watching the Watchers? I think so, yeah. Statists from Plato on down have never solved the problem of who watches the Watchers, so it's a safe bet that our congressional dimwits won't either. <laughs> Ergo, look for the employees, look for employees of the TSA rather than the airport to smuggle from here on out. Nor will the TSA ever lack for job applicants, what with profits of 400% on guns. That's not all bad. Smugglers trying to earn an honest living will be vast improvement over the pedophiles, thieves, and criminals that staff the agency now. Speaking of which, Orlando's own Representative Keller wants everyone to know that he presciently wrote the TSA on January 31st. His letter, quote, expressed concern that airport workers can bypass screening by flashing their employee badges and called the situation a serious flaw that may lead to a breach of security. Poor uh, Rick is awaiting the TSA's answer. Still, a whole <laughs> seven weeks later, they don't even want to talk to the representatives. No, but, they, but why? Why would they? More on the way. You take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever you want. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live, toll free, 800-259-9231. Just for fun, I know, we'll have to do the, I don't know, if we, if we have time for the Ron Paul thing, we will. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain, but just enough time for your call. You can make it now at 800-259-9231. The packet 8.net till free line. Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online. Freetalklive.com. All the features there are totally free. Support the show on a voluntary basis by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier, as over 350 of our listeners have decided to do. In fact, so many of them have decided uh, within the past few days, I'm a little bit behind on processing my amplifiers. So do bear with me if you've uh, become an amplifier recently. I promise I will get to you within the next day or two. Uh, amp.freetalklive.com Because, well, our amplifiers, there's a little bit of processing involved when someone signs up. I've got a, if you've got a bulletin board account, I've got to upgrade that so you can get access to the special amplifier-only forum. Um, also, uh, just like to send out a you know, thank you note to people as well. And we have a, a list of our amplifiers at amp.freetalklive.com. So I got to figure out if you want to be on that list. And anyway, it's a time-consuming activity, but I'm more than happy to do it. Uh, it's just it takes time. Amp.freetalklive.com. Get signed up and help support the show. Amp stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is simple. What you do is you send in three bucks a month to the show via any major credit card, PayPal. Um, we make it easy. Cost of a cup of coffee. You send that into the show. We turn it around and promote. 
and advertise and market Free Talk Live. We buy industry advertisements in Talkers Magazine. We buy Internet advertisements to get more Internet listeners on board. We go to industry conventions. We've got a new affiliate relations guy. We've got other things we're spending the money on. We could, in fact, we've got an entire list of what they are. Nothing's free, you know? At amp.freetalklive.com. It's true. It costs a lot of money to get this show out there and promote it and get on more radio stations. And you guys are making it happen you guys who are amplifiers, amp.freetalklive.com. Great way to support the show as we go to the phones to Gene in Tennessee. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, Gene. Hi, guys. What's on your mind? I wanted to talk to you about Kaylin TV. What is Kaylin TV? Yeah, my wife has had this thing since December. Her sister bought it for her for Christmas. Is your wife's and name it, Kaylin? No, no. The, the TV box is called the Kaylin box, and you hook it up to the uh, Internet. And it feeds a uh, video signal to your TV that it's streaming uh, over the Internet. And the, the feed that she has on this K-Lin box is basically all of the uh, um, Chinese television channels. So mm-hmm. now she can sit here and watch every TV program that her parents can watch in China or friends in China can watch. Wow. She, can, she gets to watch them on a, uh, about a 24-hour delay. But... She can pause them, rewind. You know, it's a full digital uh, access. And uh, is it only it, for it, Chinese programming, or is it for anything uh, different feeds from around the world? Um, there may be other companies that do like Indian shows and uh, African shows or whatever, but this is strictly from China, mainland China. Is it a well, subscription I, service? Yeah, it's a subscription service. I believe it also has some uh, Taiwan channels on there. But um, it's amazing. She's got like 100 channels that she can choose from, and she can watch the programs no matter what time of day they were. You know, sure. if she wants to watch the morning program, she can watch it in the evening. Uh, it's so kind of like a TiVo thing for Chinese TV. Yeah. They only have access to the last 24 hours worth of TV, though. I see. So you can't go back and watch something that was three days ago. Gotcha. But it's, it's pretty interesting. Since you guys like technology, I thought you'd be interested in hearing about this. It's I think fun. that's really cool. And I think that, you know, yeah. over time, the capability of things like this is going to expand. I mean, we're just on the, the cutting edge, the very beginning cusp of this sort of technological revolution. It's going to completely change the way people consume media. I mean, the, it's already completely, almost totally changed from how it was has been over the past 20 years. I mean, this would have been unfathomable 20 years ago. And yeah, now here you, you are. Go ahead. Punch in. Uh, someday you may be able to just punch in what program you want to watch. It could be some TV episode from the 60s. Just punch it into the keyboard, and up comes your program, and you can watch it anytime you want. I imagine we're pretty close to that on the internet. I would I would think that totally. you could get some uh, some of the old uh, episodes on pretty easily. You know, the yeah, only thing that close. there what? are some movies that aren't aren't accessible. Like, have you ever heard of Harry's War? No, I have not. Harry's War is kind of a blacklisted movie. You can't get it anywhere. It's about, uh, it had David Ogden Stairs, the guy from MASH, mm-hmm. as, as an IRS agent. And then the uh, George, uh, somebody Herman, uh, was, the, uh, was the star of the show. And he had a little war with the IRS. And David Ogden Stairs played the IRS guy. And you will not find that movie anywhere except for on eBay. You can find some, uh, some old VHS copies of it i have one wow. but it's never been released on dvd and it never will be because quite frankly i don't think uh, the irs likes that movie they don't want to give people any ideas huh yeah it is a good movie though if you can get a hold of it uh, you should watch it did he actually use violence against the irs 
Oh, yes, he had a half-track, an old World War II German half-track. Good Lord. And, uh, of course, they did a Waco on him. You know, they surrounded his house and mm. burned him down. But uh, he survived that and went on to, uh, well, I don't know if I should give the, I can give the end of the story. Nobody's going to watch it. Yeah, uh, never he goes see on it. And, uh, He runs for Congress and becomes a, a congressman. So. And abolishes the IRS. Ah, oh, fantasy land. Gene, <laughs> thanks for the nice. call. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. Just think about what's happening here in the world of media consumption. It's, you know, it's day after day, new technology is being developed. You've got TiVo for television. Time shifting has completely altered the television world. Now, if you want to watch a show, you just set your TiVo to record it, and then it's there anytime you want it. And this is old, this is almost old tech now. Yeah. I mean, I how mean, long has that been around? Been, uh, years. Several gen- there have been several generations of TiVo units at mm-hmm. this point. Uh, they're they're coming out with time shifting units for radio now. I saw one the other day. Really? Um, yep. They're little. It was a little handheld unit. You could just hit the record button or program it to record your favorite frequency at a specific time. They even have that now. And so the, it's just the information is literally at your fingertips, and it's becoming more affordable day in and day out. And so eventually, I mean, we talked just yesterday about the new res, uh, the receiver based radios, the mm-hmm. Wi Fi radios that can tune in 5,000 Internet streams from around the world at a moment's notice, all completely free, not a subscription like Gene was talking about with that TV service. This is totally free, 5,000 channels. Technology is taking all kinds of jumps. Yeah, it really is, and it's really exciting to to even imagine what's going to be happening in another uh, 10 or 15 years. Now, personally, I would like to see radio survive this. I'd like to see radio. It's a bit of an old tech, you know, old technology, big media radio stations uh i'd like to see radio survive it it's possible for them to do unfortunately the fcc is in the way with their silly rules and regulations and fines and fees which are going to make things more difficult on the industry but but it is possible for radio i think to to continue on at least for the next decade um hopefully longer than that because uh local content is the key to local radio, uh, to to radio's success, it it is because radio's geographic. Um, you, they broadcast um, and and can only go so far generally, and uh, it's people in a in a certain geographic area, and they're interested in certain stuff. Right, school closings, traffic, weather, those kind of things are really the strength of radio. Right, but the internet is making the radio business all the more competitive. Uh, sure. The internet, for instance, we just came back from this talk radio convention where there were at least two different panels about technology and websites and how radio stations... Because a lot of these guys in radio are still in the star, the Stone Age. Like, they don't get this whole Internet thing. You can go around, go to radiolocator.com, and just poke around in the, some of the smaller markets especially. And these stations don't have websites. They don't have web presences. Some sta- some AM stations don't even know the web exists. <laughs> Those, these, are, these are stations that are slated for the auction block down the line. Uh, then there are stations yeah, if like you, if you don't know um, that the web that the internet exists and you own a radio station, yeah, you're going to end up or uh, your or your crashing. website looks like it was designed by a uh, you know a 17 year old in 1996 and it hasn't been updated since then. So there are certain types of stations that I don't think they're going to cut it. They're just not going to make it. They probably don't even have local content. Probably all syndicated content 
like us. <laughs> and but what I see happening is uh, stations like WDEL in Delaware. We were looking at some of the things they were doing mm-hmm. with their website. Really, just doing phenomenal sort of things that other stations should mimic. Other stations should get on, get on board with because if they're not getting the news from uh, if people in your local area aren't getting their news from their local radio station, then they're getting it from somewhere else. Yeah. And so you re- so stations are going to have to get more and more competitive. And of course, that's good for us. It's good for uh, it's good for you as a listener. It's good for us. Uh, as as program content providers, and uh, there's just an exciting, bright future out there for uh, for audio content and listenership and and spreading messages. Of course, that's what we do here on Free Talk Live. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Quick story: bartender, female bartender, says she was in shock when an off-duty Chicago police officer came behind the bar and allegedly beat her. Gosh, why? Well, it's more than an allegation. The video. Uh, Footage proves it. Mm. Anthony Abate, 38, was charged with a misdemeanor battery after the incident, but the charge was upgraded to felony aggravated battery, punishable by two to five years in prison, $70,000 bond. The video shows the man coming around the bar and arguing with the bartender before he returns to his seat. A short time later, he comes around the bar a second time, pushes the bartender to the ground, and hits her multiple times. Gosh. The attack lasts almost a full minute mm. before someone confronts the man and he stops. A minute is like an eternity in a fight. In a fight. Sure it is. And the bartender gets off the ground. By the way, the bartender weighed 115 pounds, just a little lady. Yeah. Um, this guy beat beat the hell out of her because she cut him off. Hmm. She wouldn't let him have any more to drink. We'll be back tomorrow night online. In the meantime, freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.